0: The following audio was recorded live on October 17th at the Babylon Event Center. The event was the Ward 10 debate, hosted by the Chaldean League and the Integrative Canadian Group Organization. The moderator was Kathleen Saylors from the Windsor Star. Enjoy.
1: Thank you, everyone. I hope everyone's feeling refreshed and ready to hear from our second group of candidates. Here are our Ward 10 2022 Windsor City Council candidates. The same rules apply for this portion of the debate uh, in terms of openings, responses, rebuttals and closing statements. Uh, That may take a little bit longer because obviously we have significantly more people on stage here this evening. Uh, So let's get to it. Um, And I'd like to introduce your Ward 10 Windsor City Council candidates in alphabetical order if you'd like to wave. Mr. Paul Borelli, Mr. Wally Chafchak, Mr. Mark Misanovic, and Mr. Jim Morrison wonderful so our candidates this evening have drawn their cards in terms of speaking order so we'll start with Mr. Jim Morrison you have time for your opening statement
2: thank you very much uh, Kathleen and thank you to the organizing uh, uh, committee for this uh, opportunity to speak uh, to all of you tonight Um, I want to also thank the residents of Ward 10 uh, for electing me four years ago um, it's been an honor and a privilege to uh, serve them. And I tell, I can tell you that I work full time to address any of the issues that you have and make important decisions for the city. I have fulfilled most of the promises and, and that I told you about four years ago, and that includes uh, work on Dominion and, and Northwood intersection, the Dougal Underpass, and the Budimer Library expansion. City issues that I have addressed include the, the Auditor General, the Asset Management Plan, and spending record amounts on roads and sewers. It was accomplished while keeping taxes very low. Looking ahead, my next big project for the ward will be the next phase of Dominion work going north from Northwood, and it will include a turning lane, um, bike lanes, and the removal of the ditches that will finally happen. A new signalized intersection at Ojibwe, Will uh, also uh, be put in, and this, all, this work all starts uh, as soon as school is out next year. So um, the future looks very great for Windsor, and I've been really proud to be part of uh, some of the work that's happening behind the scenes with the new VV. Uh,
1: Thank you. Mr. Borelli?
3: Is that? Okay. Hello, I, I thank the ICGO and the, and the Chaldean Association for hosting this event. I'm a retired teacher and entrepreneur. For over 20 years, I've created good paying jobs and added greatly to the local economy with several businesses. As a teacher, I worked in, the ten, in the Ward 10 for many years. I lived in various parts of, the ward, of Ward 10 since 1975 and still live in South Windsor, one minute south of Grand Marist. I know Ward 10 well. I'm very connected with the residents and understand the prevailing issues of the ward. I have a campaign constituency office in the heart of Ward 10 to meet residents. I was your Ward 10 counselor from 2014 to 2018 and accomplished much. Over $27 million in capital improvements were achieved for the ward by me. Some of the largest project approvals were funding were the Dougal Bike Tunnel, the Northwood and Dominion infrastructure and the Budamir Library expansion some of my projects were completed after my term by my opponent just watched them get built but now claims them on media as his accomplishments the facts supporting the statement are all on public record i am experienced and when elected i'm ready to get to work on day one i'm very proud to say i get things done
1: thank you mr Masanovich.
4: thank you very much uh kathleen I first of all want to thank you all for coming out today it's great to see such a vigorous crowd uh, ready to hear what we have to say Uh, my name is Mark Masanovich and I want to be your Windsor Ward 10 City Councillor my platform centers around three key issues and number one would be value for taxes in these times of rising food fuel and utilities I think the last thing residents expect in Ward 10 is higher taxes the second thing I wanna say is safe, safer neighborhoods. And whether we're talking about traffic calming or we're talking about uh, crime that takes place in our neighborhoods or any other concern that residents have affecting safety, dangerous intersections. Um, Ward 10's plagued with a lot of infrastructure challenges and that leads to the third point, which is our infrastructure. We need to fix, finish and improve the infrastructure in Ward 10. Ward 10's in the middle of the city We connect more wards than any other. Open ditches run through our ward. Sidewalks lead to nowhere. Uh, We have all kinds of issues in there. I think I have the energy uh, and the dedication. I think I have the stamina uh, to be able to see these issues through. I thank you all.
1: Mr. Chavchak.
0: My name is Wally Chavchak. I want to thank the organizer for holding this event. I am a local person. I'm a business person. I have an open mind and creativity. I've done a lot for the city as it is. I've created many jobs. I know what it takes to build a community. I know what it takes to provide service. I know what it takes to listen and and give a feedback. It's not about building bridges and, and doing the infrastructure. It's not about the complex stuff. It's about the basics. It's about the very simple stuff. It's about the needs that you have you have been deprived from. City Hall has shut the door. They treated you as a second-class citizen in most cases. If you look at uh, the amount of time it takes today to apply for a permit, a small permit, it takes about three months, as opposed to two and three days, maybe five years ago. I am here to serve the community, I have a lot of ideas, I've done a lot, I've built a lot in the city, I've created jobs, i brought companies, And have an open mind to listen and share thank you
1: wonderful thank you all for your opening statements with that we'll move to the first question of the evening and again we'll start with mr. Morrison and answers will alternate from there throughout the evening question one what is the key message or messages of your campaign that distinguish you as the best candidate for your ward
2: thank you Kathleen Uh, I've been on council now for four years and I've learned a lot Uh, A new inexperienced counselor is probably not what you want right now because there's a lot of huge projects moving forward and we have to get them done. I do live in the ward, directly in the ward, um, and I think that's important as well. I have a background in banking uh, for uh, 40 years that shows that I can handle money, and this job includes working on a billion-dollar budget. This is not something that someone inexperienced should be taken over. We need competent people, trusted people, experienced people on council to take care of your tax dollars.
1: Thank you, Mr. Barley.
3: I'm the uh, best candidate because of my successful business experiences and my term on council when I worked closely with the mayor, my fellow counselors, and administration. I listened carefully to the residents' concerns and personally took care of their requests. Never did I pass off my responsibility to an assistant, as I've heard happen so often in the last four years. What's going on? Lately, in, my, in many parts of the ward, such as Roxborough, Conservation, and Bing Roads, there have been petitions by many unhappy residents regarding sidewalk placements and building developments. They have voiced, they have voiced that they have been left out of the process. What's going on? A counselor's primary purpose is to advocate for the residents and protect their tax dollars. In 2021, IRCA got swindled for $290,000. My opponent, who sits beside me and sat on the board, voted against an audit, audit, and he was the auditor. He he proposed audits. What's going on, Jim?
1: Thank you. Please hold your applause till the end. Thank you.
4: Was that for me just starting out before I even talk I appreciate it. Thank you the uh, <laughs> So what am I gonna say? How can I top that? Um, no, I, I just want to uh, 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 Really get back to the the basics here and talk about the fact that you know Maybe we need some new ideas on council for Ward 10 uh, Maybe that's something that we need here. We need some new, vo- a new voice in Ward 10 uh, People have had an opportunity uh, to make change in Ward 10 and we've made a little bit of change I'll be frank with you all, but I don't know if we've made enough and I really want to be that counselor to serve you in Ward 10 and make those positive
0: changes.
1: Thank you, Mr. Chapchak.
0: So listening to the people, the fact is no one's getting service. Talking about the best candidate, the best candidate is not the one that performed one duty throughout their lifetime, whether it's a banker, a teacher, or a clerk. The best candidate is the one that created jobs in the city that, ha- that hired 50 people that dealt with with financials, ran budgets, and had to operate a tough business which is called the small business. All those who own small businesses in the city understand that, and they know the difficulties that we face with city hall when we run our business. And I can give you many examples. I am the best candidate because I listened, and I am the best candidate because I listened and seen that the people got nothing accomplished. What was said that was done, what was told that was done, was really nothing. Nothing was done. These are projects that the city creates on its own, like the hospitals and that. Those things happen automatically. They don't need to be created by anyone. We vote on them. The biggest creation is to be there for the people when they need you. And that's
1: Thank you. Thank neglected. you. That's your time. However, Thank I mean you. <laughs> that's it. So please pass the microphone down. Now you'll each have 30 seconds for your response, starting with Mr. Morrison.
2: Thank you, Kathleen. And I'm glad my opponent is uh, on the record of... Uh, being against uh, having children walk safely uh, to schools uh, with sidewalks and uh, against uh, housing in, in our ward where we have such a housing crisis going on. So uh, I'm really uh, glad that you put that uh, definitely on the record. And uh, certainly when, uh, just one uh, point about the Dougal underpass, there was only $2 million set aside as a placeholder and we put Dang. forward the finals.
1: That's your time. Thank you.
3: Again, totally untrue. I, I got two point two million dollars for that underpass, and six million dollars were already assigned in the copper. This is a long-term thing. It's a budget thing. It was in the budget. Now he's claiming it. And the, regarding sidewalks, he's wrong. He's wrong there also because the, the sidewalks he's referring to do not have children. Do not. It's, they're basically dead ends, and the, the residents have not been have not been uh, talked to and. Thank They're livid.
1: Thank you.
4: <laughs> no applause this time? I'm just <laughs> checking. I, uh, I, uh, no, I, I, I really think that if you want to talk about the underpass, it seems to be a popular subject to talk about, but you know, does it really lead to Ward 10? I mean, it leads to portions of Ward 10. Uh, the underpass comes out at Northwood. Um, I don't know where it goes from there. If, if you're on the uh, uh, north side of the expressway, um, it's hard to get to it. You know, you're going down Northwood Street. If you do live in Ward 10, you'll know that. There's not a lot of sidewalks or bike paths or anything like that down, down Northwood. Um,
0: oh, I'm done. Thank you. Regardless of uh, what's been said, these parks have been neglected. We have to update those parks. And all these ideas have to, be, have to become part of reality. We have been neglected in this city. So these projects that they're currently talking about, there's something in the past. I would rather talk about the future and the needs of our community.
1: Thank you all. Now we'll move to question two. What are your current and past positions regarding the new hospital on County Road 42? For this question, we'll be starting with Mr. Paul Borelli.
3: I'm sorry, what was the question? Sorry.
1: I'll repeat it. Yeah. Uh, what are your current and past positions regarding the new hospital on County Road Forty Two?
3: Oh yes. Okay. One second. Okay. Uh, for the record, I was the first to speak to Doug Ford at the Fogelar for Long gathering about the importance of the hospital for our region. This took place when we were campaigning for him for his leadership bid. My position on the hospital is simple. It's it's placement on centrally located County 42 is the optimum location to accommodate the regional acute care needs. It will be a boon to our economy with future surrounding housing developments and job creation. We should no longer tolerate opposition by the camp group and counselors that have opposed the location and caused delays in the construction of the facility. We, to, we have to show solidarity in our quest to get funding for the hospital. Otherwise, funds could easily be diverted to other municipalities vying for funds for similar facilities.
4: So, the, the hospital on County Road 42 um, you know, that project's come too far along to go backwards now. I, I've talked to a lot of residents in Ward 10. And that's how they feel, and I feel the exact same way. Uh, we, we have some commitment to that location by the provincial government. Uh, I think we're gonna see it through. At the same time, I do think we really need a downtown emergency services campus of some sort. I'm not sure what it looks like, but I think the residents of downtown and the people that utilize the downtown need that type of facility.
1: Thank you, Mr. Chapchak.
0: Again, the confusion is created the debates and discussion around the hospital is done. It's a closed deal. It's a four year plan to build the hospital and four year plan to prepare for the plan. So you got eight years period that you're waiting for. It's absolutely needed. Location decision has been made for those who don't know. We need to push for a faster plan. We can't wait forever, eight years plus. And just to realize the hospital is needed and definitely has to be built in such a way to accommodate the future needs. Not build a hospital, and spend billions of dollars, and find ten years after that that we are lacking services. What we have today, waiting eight hours to see a doctor. So definitely, we have to look into the future and making sure that this hospital is ready to accommodate our growth in the future. Otherwise, we're wasting our time. Thank you.
1: And Mr. Morrison.
2: Thank you. I've been uh, very clear right from the very beginning that I am in full support of this hospital, full support of the location. There was a committee that was formed uh, of community leaders from both uh, Windsor and Essex County to determine what the location was. And that um, whole thing about the location, it just derailed uh, the plans for a couple of years, and it's really it, it's really terrible that we've lost those years because so many people uh, want to use this new hospital. Our hospitals are in terrible, terrible shape. We've got to get the hospital built as soon as possible. And like has already been said, I certainly have been pushing all along for a 24-7 emergency care um, operation in downtown Windsor. So we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, Councilor McKenzie alluded to uh, the infrastructure that is needed out there um, and we are working on that all the time and that infrastructure will be put in place um, by the time this hospital is built.
1: Thank you. And with that, we'll have 30 seconds for response. Mr. Borelli.
3: Well, I think I, I made my statement already. The hospital is extremely important. Uh, not, But f- further to that, the, this hospital is an economic driver. We talk about ho- uh, not having enough houses. If we do the hospital, there's hundreds of acres right next to the hospital. We could put thousands of homes. Solved. Our housing problem is solved. we got to get this hospital done immediately so that we can accommodate people that are coming in from all over the world and increasing our population.
1: Thank you.
4: Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd have to agree with Mr. Brelli there that I think the, uh, the hospital and, and getting it completed should be an economic driver. Uh, I think there'll be uh, some opportunity to expand uh, the footprint of Windsor in that region with the uh, you know, added infrastructure that'll be required for that hospital. Uh, I can only imagine that the widening of Cabana Road all the way down is in anticipation of, of the hospital. So I, I think it's really uh, an opportunity for Windsor to, to get that hospital built, and as quickly as possible.
0: It's definitely a key that the municipalities, the surrounding municipalities, support us. And I'll talk about a lot about this tonight. This hospital is meant to be not just for Windsor. It's for the surrounding area too. And until today, I haven't seen a penny yet come in from the municipality. And why we're sleeping on this issue, I have no idea. They get the services that we provide and everything else, and there's no contribution. But definitely, just to clear your confusion, the hospital is a go, it's been voted on, everything is decided. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Marson. Thank you, it is
2: decided, but there still is ways for this to fail. And we have to be very uh, watchful that we don't uh, allow our uh, levy that you are all paying right now to fund um, part of this hospital. So if we don't fund it, the province will stop the project. So there's always a way to derail it. Um, so everybody needs to be very vigilant about that. Uh, and, and I agree 100% that this will be one of the major projects for this region, along with the Gordie Howe Bridge. Um, and Thank you. The, uh,
1: Thank you. Now we'll move to question three. It'll go first to Mr. Masanovich. What do you view as the balance between city tax revenue and city-provided programs and services? You have 60 seconds.
4: Thank you very much. Uh, that's always a challenge. Um, you know, people want, want the, it, everything to balance in a municipality on an annual basis, and that can be very tricky. Uh, priorities can change. Uh, things happen. Um, an example of, of where you may not see a balance is in infrastructure, and I'll go back to Ward 10. Ward 10 suffers from an infrastructure deficit. You know, financing infrastructure in Ward 10 is probably something that's worthwhile. It may not equal out in the course of a year, but it's something that's going to pay dividends going forward. Residents who live on a street uh, probably don't mind borrowing some money to pay for that street because they'll be utilizing it over the next X number of years. So. You know, balancing things on an annual basis, very important, but we do have to look at our priorities inside the municipality.
1: Mr. Chafchak,
0: On the revenue side, we can't raise taxes. Definitely we can because it's inflation time and things have gone worse for the community. On the on the expense side, we definitely have to get sharing from the municipality. As you know, and I mentioned earlier, if you take, for example, the e the County Road 42, and if you take the homelessness issue, all these issues are shared. However, we're left alone in the city of Windsor dealing with those issues. There's no subsidies, subsidies from anyone, and definitely this is a key important element of the equation of budgeting. So expense, revenue, the money has to come from somewhere. Thank you.
1: And we'll pass the mic down back to Mr. Marson.
2: Thank you. And just uh, for the record, I, I've been on four uh, four budget sessions right now, and, and Mr. Chavchak, some of those services are largely funded by other levels of government. So we, we collect about $436 million in taxes, but our budget is about a billion, so that you can get an idea of how much money is coming in. These things these services and programs are very very expensive so it it is a, a tough job uh, dealing with budget every year um, we get a lot of uh, information and it's really uh, something hard but remember that policing and fire and uh, ems some of these things are not very discretionary we have to honor the contracts that they the wages that they they earn so it's not like it's uh, we we can just throw the money around and find uh, decide where we want to put it, but uh, we have implemented a tool to uh, allow you to look at where you might want to move the money around, but it's a very, very tricky situation.
1: Thank you, Mr. Burley um, as a uh,
3: counselors. As consular, I signed an agreement with the Integrity Commission to to advocate for his constituents and use municipal tax dollars in the most efficient way. Considering our current economic challenges holding the line on taxes has become a necessity. Consequently, tax revenue for the city are limited and need to be allocated wisely and efficiently. There are many programs that require funding. As your consular, I will assist in prioritizing a funding list in order of importance and immediacy. I will look for any... That's
1: your time. Thank you. Six seconds. Uh, Mr. Masanovich, we'll start with you for 30-second
4: rebuttals. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, we talked a little bit about infrastructure last time I was speaking, but uh, the other side of it is, you know, maybe culture and recreation programming. We can talk about the aquatic center. The aquatic center was promised to us uh, to be something that uh, doesn't cost the taxpayers a lot on an annual basis. But on an annual basis, it does cost us a lot. Uh, We have to look at some of these uh, programs and services we offer and see how we can deliver them more efficiently.
0: Apparently we're confusing the audience. Uh, The policing is is an essential issue and, and the fire that cannot be compromised. Those budgets I know about because I served on the police services board. The money that came from the municipality, I think I misunderstood, Mr. Morrison. There's no such a money that comes from the municipality for those services I talked about. So definitely we're we're confusing the the the, the public here, and I hope we can clarify that some other time. Thank you,
1: Mr. Morrison, for a rebuttal.
2: Thank you. I- Definitely, uh, when we do our budgets, uh, we ask administration to sharpen their pencils as much as they can to keep uh, uh, rising costs uh, from administration. So, but inflation is very high these days. So, when you think of uh, paying for uh, gasoline and, and and labor costs and everything, it does present a challenge. So, this year we will have a very big challenge to keep taxes uh, tax increases very low, uh, and hopefully we can hold the line. But I've never been a hold the line person. It's usually two. Thank you.
1: Uh, and I, I apologize to you, Mr. Burley. I do think we cut you slightly short there between initial answers and rebuttals. Yeah. So if we're content with that, we'll just give you a few extra seconds on your uh, rebuttal if you like.
3: As was already stated, the, um, the budget is a very, a very complicated process. And it, uh, it requires fine-tune, but you need people that have involved with budgets. I was involved with several business budgets all my life for tw- over 20 years. And not only that, I had 60 employees that worked for me for over 20 years. So I'm very familiar with budgets, and the city budget is no different than any budget that I have, I've had with my various corporations.
1: Thank you. That brings us to our fourth question, starting with Mr. Chafchak. How would your election victory improve transit for your ward and our city? The transit? Transit, yes. How would your election victory improve transit for your ward and our city?
0: Well, you're not talking about city transit. you talk about uh, the, the economic, right? You're not, I, I don't understand the question. Uh, uh, Win- Win-
1: Windsor City Transit. Windsor
0: City Transit. Transit, okay. public transit. Okay. yeah. Well, definitely, as you know, I don't know if you're aware that the individual family uh, contribute $200 toward this cause, right? So this is a lot of money. Again, back to me picking up on the municipalities. This fund is not shared by the municipalities. So we have already, the city of Windsor have already working on a plan to expand the services. The problem is we need the funding to do so, okay? We're not getting that funding. And definitely we have been neglected and left alone in that aspect. Thank you.
1: Mr. Morrison.
2: Thank you. Um, I'm certainly in support of the uh, uh, the transit uh, Windsor master plan, um, but we've also had some delays due to COVID. So um, when COVID hit, ridership was either uh, stopped completely or very substantially and so therefore the ridership just wasn't there to support what we wanted to do so it looks like we can move forward this year I know we did the 518x which uh, Councillor McKenzie talked about going from Tecumseh to uh, St. Clair College and this year I'm really hoping in the budget that we can fit in the 418x, which is a, really a key piece for the future plans of our transit system, will really improve the service levels, will improve li- uh, ridership. So it's something I'm really um, really hopeful that we can fit it in. I'm sure the data will support it this time around because usage is back up, I think, pretty close to uh, pre-pandemic levels.
1: Thank you, Mr. Burley.
3: uh, As a former member of the Transportation Committee, I must say the mayor's mission to broaden our transit system has been excellent. Further transit routes and expansion to our surrounding municipality may may still be necessary, however. Future routes to service the future mega hospital needs to be considered in in the active uh, transportation master plan or transit master plan. Accommodation for our aging population needs some attention. Also to, to be considered is the future implementation of various forms of electrical buses and shuttle systems that are environmentally fl- friendly. Such initiatives, however, will require asking the province for funding assistance, and that's one of the problems that we will, we will have.
1: Thank you. Mr. Masanovich?
3: I'll take a different uh, uh, look at transit
4: here. I'll talk about the stakeholders in transit. So, of course, we can talk about riders, uh, ridership, important to have uh, a lot of ridership in transit, important to keep costs affordable for those people that ride transit. Uh, But there's other stakeholders involved too, and that involves, you know, all the other people that are paying for transit that they're not, that aren't using it. You know, they should have some say in, in what goes on in transit. In addition to that, the neighborhoods that transit drives through. Transit goes through a lot of our residential neighborhoods in Ward 10. A lot of residents have concerns over it. I spoke to a resident uh, knocking on doors on the corner of La Belle and Dominion. Fortunate enough to have two bus stops on his property, you know that's something that transit's got to look at. Look at all the stakeholders involved in transit.
1: Thank you, Mr. Chafchak. We'll start with your 30-second response.
0: Yeah, I guess the improvement is always needed. I diverted from the topic a little bit. Talked about municipalities and contribution because you have it all. It revolves around the budgeting and the money. We need that money, the extra money is needed to enhance services and to contribute to other causes. Without proper funding, again, we won't accomplish much. The money that's already funded towards this cause right now, drift, uh, generated from the revenue taken from you and me, is not enough. Thank we definitely need
1: support. That's your time, thank you. Mr. Marson. any response?
2: You know, it's uh, great to see regional transit coming to our area. That will help so many people either go to university, college here in the city, move people around for jobs in and out of town. So that is an example of a real improvement that uh, we have put forward. Um, and I'm glad that uh, the county uh, municipalities are, are being cooperative and working with us on that. Um, but I must say, uh, we've got to keep pushing forward. This is not an, a cheap uh, type of service for a city to have, but it's something that has to be.
1: Thank you. Mr. Burley?
3: The, um, as, a, as a member of the transportation committee, uh, during my term, I can say that uh, we had challenges uh, with use of the buses. Many people didn't use the buses. One of the things we have to do, not only get funding from the government to, to make future bu- uh, better buses, but also we have to figure out a way to, to incentivize people to use buses. And that's what one of the things that was lacking incentivizing people to use the buses, which was a little bit lacking. However, the buses were there and we need to make better buses for the future.
4: I I think the city of Windsor employs uh, a great number of people in transit with a great uh, amount of expertise. I think perhaps communication uh, might be something that's missing. I don't know, like I mentioned earlier, the stakeholders, of all the stakeholders are able to get their voices heard and able to communicate uh, with those individuals. Uh, I think we might end up with a better transit system overall.
1: Thank you. And that's everyone had their response to that question. So now we'll move to Mr. Morrison for question five, back at the top. The question is, how would you work to improve Windsor's homelessness, mental health, and addictions issues if elected?
2: Thank you, Kathleen. I- I, I sit on the standing committee for community services, along with Councillor Mackenzie, and so we're very, very um, um, understanding and, and fully versed to this problem that gets worse and worse. And it's not a Windsor City situation; it's 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 everywhere right now. And a lot of these things are are connected you know, homelessness is connected sometimes to mental health issues or addiction issues so we have to tackle them all from a different perspective it's not a policing issue it's a it's a health issue for, for the most part um, and so we're we're making we, we keep cr- trying to do new things and and to try to help the situation but it's a really a, a something that's getting worse in society so we are uh, planning for a new homeless uh, hub so that that will provide treatment and housing and and help for those folks. And I have put forward, uh, I was an advocate for the uh, safe injection site.
1: Thank you. Mr. Borelli.
3: Windsor's uh, homelessness is a complex problem. But to solve this problem, we must look deep to find the root causes. First of all, it has come to my attention from various agencies that the homeless that come to Windsor are often encouraged to move here by agencies and other municipalities. Although difficult, we have to find a way to prevent agencies from other cities to send needy people to Canada's most southern location. The greatest factor with the homeless, however, is the unemployment level. Let's face it, Windsor has the highest unemployment in Canada. By creating more jobs, I'm certain a large component of the homeless problem would dissipate. Mental health and addiction factors are all other issues. Are also other issues. This requires special attention by professionals. Assistance with the provincial funding programs will be necessary beyond our limited local tax dollars. In order to solve such a health problem, a multifaceted model which includes donations has to be devised and implemented.
1: Mr. Misanovich,
3: thank you.
4: Uh, yeah, homelessness is a very difficult uh, subject and a difficult. Uh, 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 d- not necessarily for us, but for those people in that situation. How do we help them? Uh, what can we do? Um, things have, we've been working on things over the last number of years and I'm not quite sure how far we've gotten. Uh, one thing I know for sure is that you know, mental health and addiction is a health care issue, uh, first and foremost. And I think the municipality and other municipalities across Ontario need to put more pressure on the provincial government uh, to you know, come up with some solutions for this. This isn't something that the city of Windsor is going to be able to solve on its own. I don't think there's a city in Ontario that solved this problem. So we have to put a lot of good minds together and come up with uh, a better solution, a new way of doing things.
1: Thank you. Mr. Chafchak?
0: I agree with Mark. This is not the city of Windsor issue only. We have to work in collaboration with the police, the hospitals, and the provincial, even the federal government. Those people are very unfortunate. However, I don't buy the fact and this, this is a biased question in a, in a very polite way. The question should have been directed to the, the existing city council as, why haven't you done anything about it? And also to Paul Barali, Mr. Barali, for market meets a different questions, what are you going to do about it? There's a lot to be done about this issue. Definitely, we have money spent on social services, on, on welfare, on Windsor housing. We build complexes. We build a swimming pool Uh, Complexes. Why can't we build something for these people? This is just one quick idea, but definitely, if we put our mind together, we can do this. And and definitely, I can come up with a lot of ideas, but it's not up to me to decide. We have to collectively work with engineering, with city hall, with social services, with hospitals, and come up with a plan. Thank you.
1: That's your time. Thank you. And we'll move to Mr. Morrison for 30-second responses.
2: Thank you. The city is very committed to helping the homelessness. Um, situation and the H4 hub that we're uh, contemplating building um, is going to cost about 30 million dollars. This is not uh, inexpensive to deal with but we really have to make a difference and these people need help to come back into society and we can help them uh, but it's going to be a long uh, tough process.
1: Thank you Mr. Burley, your 30 second response.
3: uh, As I said, one of the major problems really is the unemployment factor. You give people jobs, you eliminate most of this. And the other problem is, of course, where are these people coming from? We've got to solve that problem. If we don't solve these two issues, we're going to have this problem for a long time. We've got to solve that problem. We just can't sit there for four years and do nothing.
1: Thank
4: you. I'll have to disagree with Mr. Brawley. I don't necessarily think uh, employment's a a solution. Um, uh, Many people facing homelessness are facing, like we said, uh, mental health and addiction, and I don't know how employable they are in that situation. So getting them the help they need uh, through healthcare is probably the best solution. Thank you.
0: I see weakness. I guess if a person is determined to do something, it can be done. The speculation around issues is a, is a waste of time and energy. I promise you something will be done. I'm a creative mind. I have the mind to think and create ideas. And this is an easy fix. Just a <coughs> bunch of homeless people, unfortunate people. I feel very bad for them. They need our help, and we have an issue and a solution for them. And that will happen in four year times if I'm elected, and that's for me. Thank you. We'll
1: move to Mr. Borelli. Question number six. With you to start, how would your election victory improve Windsor's economic prosperity and growth opportunities?
3: The utmost of, of utmost importance is that we need to continue with an aggressive diversification strategy. Our main industry is still the automotive sector, and there's a great future with EV-related productions. But to attract completely different industrial and business sectors is important to balance out the inevitable effects of economic downturns. I've been advocating for years to make things in Windsor. Even at an international conference where I was a delegate, I did that. To make things in Windsor, however, is critically, um, we need a, a robust power supply. I will work with Mayor Dilkins to advocate to increase supply of our electricity, With the mayor, we will write a letter to the regulator of the Ontario Energy Board to support the expansion of our electrical transmission lines. An adequate supply of electricity is fundamental to expand our industrial base and to supply future residential subdivisions. If we don't attend to this, we'll continue to stall and stay highly unemployed with a population of 218,000.
1: Thank you.
4: I would uh, tend to agree with part of uh, Mr. Brelli said there, that diversification is important for our economy. Uh, The EV battery plant uh, coming to uh, Windsor-Essex is a fantastic uh, opportunity for us, Uh, not only in that plant, but in all the uh, subsidiary services that will be growing up around that area and to uh, serve that plant. So that's that's really important. Uh, That's probably the biggest thing, and we all know it's the biggest thing that's happened in our region in a long time. But... We can also foster growth through taxation or, should I say, reducing taxation. The city does a little bit in terms of that, but we could do more. Uh, there's many brownfield sites still uh, within our borders uh, that we should be encouraging these new uh, corporations uh, that are partnering with uh, uh, the electrical vehicle uh, uh, technology uh, so we can you know, encourage them to develop right here inside our city.
1: Thank you.
0: Uh, larger projects are definitely a key, and I respect the answers. However, we have to encourage investments from smaller businesses, too. you got to keep in mind smaller businesses all the time. As a city councilor and as a, as a small business owner, and, and, and one that's done that for many, many times, we definitely face a lot of challenges. Council should form what's called a small business advisory committee. Those businesses will consult with city hall, and vice versa, to bring ideas. We have been neglected. In the last two and a half years, even three years, here on church have been a mess. I worked there. The trucks blocked the roads. The properties have been destroyed. So definitely, I will contribute toward helping smaller businesses, to develop strategies for them to become more profitable, to sustain the, the, the basics. Definitely, we have been neglected as small businesses. That's the key for any city. The major, contributor to a city, our small business.
1: Thank you. you. Mr. Morrison.
2: Thank you. You know, the health of our economy is the backbone of our future growth and prosperity of our city. We have experienced major downturns over the years during recessions. We must adapt and be ahead of the curve so that we can weather these storms. During this term of council, We looked ahead and worked to have a plan to ensure our economy will grow. Windsor Works is that plan. It is based on four important pillars. One is our location, which is uh, great for going across the border. Infrastructure, we're putting the Gordie Howe Bridge in, which will help trade. We will work on um, uh, talent. Uh, that is going to be a major, major challenge for us. Uh, and our future economy is starting with the EV battery plant, which is just an exciting, really exciting project. And there are some challenges that I'll uh, maybe say when I get another chance. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And that brings us to our 30-second responses. Mr. Burley.
3: It's so important to uh, get our uh, economy diversified the, um, the EV plan is important, but like I said before, we need to have power. If you don't have electricity, you can't do it. Uh, when I was city, city councilor, I found so many corporations that, that bypassed us simply because we did not have the power, and we still don't have the power. We have to write that letter. I will have, withdrew. I will write that letter, and we will get the power here.
4: In, in terms of, uh, of uh, economic development, um, the EV battery, ch- battery uh, plant is by far, like we said, the biggest issue in the area. But there's also an opportunity uh, to broaden it, maybe get into recycling. All these batteries, all, all this, uh, all this uh, uh, development that's taking place, we're going to be able to bring back those, those devices back here, those batteries, and maybe do some recycling, become uh, a real environmental leader in the vehicle market.
0: Thank you. There has been many opportunities in the past, and you know what, in the auto industry that were lost because the city and the provincial government was negligent, and they did not care enough about getting those jobs. So the key here is to open up the door and to allow not just small businesses. I meant it from my heart. They're very important, but definitely the larger complexes are very, very important. But we have to be more of a transparent and open-minded and show respect and, and remove all the red tapes around us. That will be accomplished if I am.
1: Thank you. And Mr. Marson?
2: Thank you. And uh, I must say we're way, way past writing a letter. We are working on getting electricity to uh, power uh, the plants that are coming forward. So we are working with uh, uh, local uh, places like uh, Brighton Beach. Uh, we have worked with the province already, and new transmission lines are coming. We just have to f- get through that little gap period of the next couple years. So we are up way, way onto this, uh, the, this, this gap that we know we have.
1: Thank you. And that brings us to our next question. We'll be starting with Mr. Masanovich. The question is... What can Windsor City Councilor Administration do to better assist local organizations and nonprofits, including our horse organizations, this evening, in assisting new Windsorites in making the community home?
4: Well, it, it's uh, th- there's no question the city can do more. So, uh, through partnering with uh, uh, local nonprofit organizations, um, in in terms of uh, uh, meeting space, in terms of events that the city hosts. In terms of advertising, the city has a large network that they can work with to uh, uh, coordinate uh, different activities uh, at different facilities. And, you know, we have uh, a, a terrific diversity in our community, and that's really one of our main strengths. And, you know, utilizing the services and the facilities uh, in, inside the municipality uh, for municipal purposes is just fantastic and something that should be encouraged.
1: Thank you. Mr. Chavchak.
0: We definitely have a diverse um, community. But we have to build on bringing this community closer together. We have to solidify the effort. We have to combine the efforts and, and the strengths together. We have to create a model where all the non work together in a way. When it comes to newcomers to Canada, to other issues. If we don't open that door, we have been distanced from each other. There's nothing at City Hall that can bring those people together. We can work to le- collectively, all, all organizations, to help the needy, to help the newcomers, to come up with a lot of ideas. But definitely, we have to work on being united on this issue before, Thank before funding.
1: Thank you, Mr. Marson.
2: Well, as, as being said, uh, we have a very, very diverse uh, population and, and Windsor is very well known for welcoming newcomers, uh, both to our city and to our country. And organizations like what we, uh, we what we have here tonight uh, are, are instrumental to uh, welcome these newcomers because they come from such diverse uh, cultures and religions. And so it's really, uh, it's a team effort. The city can, can help. And I encourage any organization to come towards the city because we do work with, uh, so many newcomers. Um, there's lots of different layers of support. Um, whether it's the federal government for immigration, um, and us, we get involved with, uh, caseworkers to help people. And, and one of the big issues for newcomers is getting proper housing. And so we need to keep working on that. But we, do provide housing for people we do not want to see more people on the street. Thank you.
1: Mr. Barley,
3: as a member of a community living Windsor for many years and as a board member of this very of this organization right here of the ICGO, I'm well aware of the many needs of the nonprofit organization. With limited tax dollars funding for most of these organizations by the city is often prohibitive. As your counselor, I will advocate to apply for funding to the federal and provincial governments. With the continual, with the continual influx of new Canadians into our region, there is an enormous need to help them settle to a new way of life. I will continue to assist these organizations with the ICGO right here, with their, with their operations wherever possible.
1: Thank you. And that brings us to our 30-second responses. We'll start with Mr. Misanovic.
3: Okay. Um, you know, I think,
4: part like we mentioned, partnering more with these, these organizations, uh, the municipality partnering with them and utilizing the services that they offer, uh, I think, goes a long way. And uh, not only does it help uh, the, the city at the end of the day get involved in, in the community more, uh, but it also helps those individual organizations uh, learn about how the city operates and uh, become more familiar with city processes.
1: Thank you.
0: We have to be creative and provide ideas for those nonprofit groups, definitely, because they're helping the community in general. But I should tell you this, that without resources, they cannot do anything. We are so limited on, on the, on the low-income housing lately. The waiting period is up to seven, eight years. I don't understand what City Hall is doing. I don't understand what our current councils are doing. People are on the street. I brought issues to City Hall myself. Seven years application haven't been open. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Mr. Morrison.
2: This council is Um, started the uh, first uh, affordable housing project that we've had in 30 years so definitely the city has not been doing what they should have been doing for a long long time but I can tell you this council um, is building an apartment for um, affordable housing and I think it's almost done isn't it uh, Councillor McKenzie so that's but it's it's a big big problem we cannot house everybody just uh, overnight building houses is a very slow process
3: it certainly is a slow, a slow process, um, but we have to get to the root of the problem once again. Why do we have this particular problem? Uh, the city has been 218,000 for years. Look at, uh, go to East E. Expressway and look at the, at the uh, sign. 218,000. Where are these people coming? Why are we having these people? I, I addressed that before. We have to find out what's happening, and then we can address the problem.
1: And with that, that brings us to question number eight of the evening, uh, likely the last question we have time for this evening. So as a reminder, this will be a 30-second answer, no rebuttal. Uh, we'll go in the continued order, so Mr. Chapchak will answer first. The question is, who do you support for mayor and why?
0: I support anyone that gets elected. I work with anyone that is um, working to build in the community. I have nothing against Mr. Drew Dilkin. He's a fine mayor. And I have nothing against any candidate that is running. We will always work like a team together with anyone who's elected. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And we'll move to Mr. Morrison.
2: We have. Uh, I've worked with uh, both uh, Councillor Holt on the Planning and Development Committee, and I greatly admire the work he's done. He's taught me a lot. Uh, I've I've used him as a mentor in my early uh, years on council. Um, But I also work a lot with uh, Mayor Drew Dilkins, and he is uh, a mayor that is very competent, professional, well-spoken, and is a good leader for the city of uh, Windsor, and so I will put my name out there as supporting the Drew Dilkins. Thank you. Mr. Burley?
3: I I support uh, Mayor Dilkins also. The mayor has a long-term vision for the city. He hopes to bring the Gateway to Canada to its just status. With the mayor's efforts, Windsor is finally being recognized and in gaining international attention. He's done a commendable job. His fiscal prudence, the lowering of debt, and increasing our reserves need special attention. As, as a counselor, I met with him frequently and always had positive collaborative discussions on how to approve Ward 10 and the city. Thank you. Um, I, I, I didn't seek any endorsements,
4: uh, so I'm not about to endorse uh, any candidate for mayor. Um, I I can tell you that, uh, as we know, I think there's two front runners, uh, uh, Mr. Dilkins and Mr. Holt. Uh, I'm interested in delivering results for Ward 10. So I think I can effectively work with either individual uh, to get results for our ward.
1: Thank you. And that concludes our questions for this evening. We'll now, oh, hold your applause for just one moment. We'll now move to closing statements. Uh, We'll start again with Mr. Morrison. You each have 60 seconds for your closing statements.
2: Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, I, the last four years on, on City Council um, have been really rewarding for me. We have accomplished so much, and I want to continue on with the important work that I've started and Council has started. We're we This is an exciting time for the City of Windsor. We should be very, very pleased with what we've seen happening in the last year or two. Um, I've alluded to the downturns that we've seen in a cyclical economy of Windsor with the automotive industry. Um, We are planning to diversify so much more so that this city doesn't go up and down and we'll have really a good job growth. That 218,000 is not going to stay there and I got to tell you we're growing right now as we speak. In fact I don't know where we're going to house all of these people and I know uh, Mr. Borrelli agrees with housing but nothing more than two stories high so it's it's really uh, something if we're going to get more housing built as quickly as possible we have to have to be.
1: Thank you. Mr. Borrelli your closing statement.
3: I'm not sure where Mr. Morrison Jim got this idea that I only believe in two stories high. Where would you get that information? Oh, possibly it's the same as the Budamir Library that he did, the tunnel that he did, and also the uh, Northwood and Dominion. He did those two. But look at the records. I, I just want to thank
4: everybody again for, for uh, being here tonight, and I do want to thank the... Uh, ICGO, as well as the Chaldean Association, and Kathleen for doing a a fantastic job. Uh, It's really been a pleasure to be out here and and speak to all of you and and, uh, listen to what uh, all the other candidates have to say in our area. I can tell you one thing. I am a busy person, and uh, I'll tell you a little story about my grandfather. Uh, My grandfather told me, if you want to get something done, you find the busiest person you know, and he gets it done.
0: Mark took the word out of my mouth, I was gonna say that. Uh, it's not rocket science, it's simple facts. Very, very simple facts. You look at business people and they're to please customers and provide service. Look at government agencies, look at city hall, look at waiting line on the phone to call a bank or, or an, a government office, maybe one hour, two hours. We will restore that confidence to you. You vote for me, you are going to have a real person with my cell phone you're going to call me, a real person going to talk to you, listen to you, and, and, and pat you on the shoulder and listen to your needs and confront City Hall and anyone else for that matter. Vote for me, Wally Chapshack, and you will never go wrong. I'm a real person. I am not fake. I am not there for the money. I'm not there for the job. Thank you.
1: Thank you all. That concludes our 2022 Ward 9 and Ward 10 City Council debates. I'd like to thank all of our candidates for being here this evening, coming prepared and putting their best foot forward. Thank you to our hosts this evening, and thank you all for attending.